Today's edition of the Dream Machine Podcast is brought to you by MattDoherty.org. Matt Doherty is doing the ultimate personal branding experiment on MattDoherty.org. So go to MattDoherty.org to learn more about Matt Doherty and to believe in his future business ideas. And now, today's edition of the Dream Machine Podcast with your co-hosts, Trenton Giddings and Thomas Mason. And welcome to this edition of the Dream Machine Podcast. I... I say with great, great sorrow, but it's it's a happy day. Today will be the last edition of the Dream Machine podcast as Thomas and I go into our future endeavors outside of Alliance, Ohio. In in its current form, we have not uh, copyrighted the name Dream Machine. It's not exclusive to either one of us. No, the Dream Machine could come back. You know, you you never know. Like just just stay subscribed to our to our SoundCloud or whatever whatever. Yeah, you yeah. never know what stay, we could pop stay back. Stay hip in. with our Twitter feed. I'll probably be. Th- be throwing some getting into some crazy uh twitter battles on our twitter feed yeah if you if, if there's something we don't want to say on our own our own pages we're, we, we'll, we can just hop on the dream machine. We'll, we'll be like kevin durant yeah we, it's our it's our burner account at this point i got like six burner accounts on my on my phone right now just just scrolling through different different social medias but anyway um it will be the last dream machine for a while thomas is is going to be a future buckeye oh i know oh yeah and I'll I'll be in New Orleans working for the Pelicans. So so if you're in Columbus or New Orleans and and want to record a Dream Machine podcast, just hit us up. Get get the band back together. You know we'll we'll, we'll figure something out. So we've we've really come a long way since the initial uh, the initial recording of where I would, I was at your house for what was it about game two mm-hmm. or game game two or game I think it was game two of the. 2016 NBA Finals. Right. We watched the second half over at your house, and you texted me the next day and said, "Hey, you think we could put this in the like podcast form? Basically, just what we were doing last night." And so then we we show up at the the recording studio, and we're calling ourselves the NBA Finals Podcast. Real original we, name. We 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 had to come up with it with a name, and of course, NBA Finals Podcast just sticks. You know, when you think NBA Finals Podcast, you think you think of Thomas Mason and Trenton Giddings, and and namely us uh, introducing ourselves with like what our majors were. Oh yeah, just, just talking a lot. It was it was like we were starting a presentation. Yeah, it, but a presentation you gave as like a, I don't know by choice. It, like no, like a like a tenth grade high school presentation one that you've been working on for a couple weeks here but like you're not really into the topic so you just kind of you just kind of brush through like the 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 beginning of it or like like really we should have just done something ridiculous to uh like like for the six people that were listening just kind of kind of build up like oh this is the guy who did that yeah. But instead, we were just. I'm hi. I'm Thomas Mason. I'm a biochemistry major. Like we were getting graded on. Like we were. Like we were looking at our professor, looking for nods. Like there was criteria we had to hit. Yes, <laughs> there were certain things we had to hit. It's very much like when you sit in the other presentation and you you look at the professor like to see if they're like if what you're saying actually registers and you're looking for the nods. That's that's kind of we were trying to hit those marks. You know? Yeah. But now here we are, um, the final Dream Machine, two, almost two years later here with the conference finals going on, the NBA finals when we celebrate um, the two full year anniversary. Um, to begin, I want to thank all the guests that have come on. Um, Jarrett Ruffin was the, was the first guest that came on back, back he, in the day. He was the first guest. Before, before he, he went to Italy to play for uh, Ventur- Venturis, Demo- I can't remember the name of the team, to be honest I'm with getting you. his and uh, Lee, D- yeah. the Ball brothers team confused. 
Yeah, and and D. Allen's team, which is I don't even know something basket. Yeah, so they 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 rock like similar uniforms to like Purdue. Yeah, I don't. I it's don't like a know. mix of Purdue and Iowa, uh, uh, from what I've seen. So D. Allen also came on the, the podcast. Jarrett Ruffin, Demonte Thomas, our best guest, our our biggest, guest. our most famous guest by far. Um, Larry Larry uh, Larry Harris. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> Wow, was that a nerve-wracking <laughs> only serious interview we ever did. So so Larry's definitely not listening to this. So we we could talk about what what happened. First, first of all, it was the second time we sat down waiting for an interview with Larry Karras. When you actually heard the the interview, the first time he 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 very much just kind of, you know, he Well, he, he had, had to he had to go do something with the baseball fields. Oh yeah, it was, uh, it, was it was a baseball field. But it was field basically emergency. us just here waiting for like 45 minutes uh for just this call that never came. Yeah. That we were kind of like, we were so nervous. Oh my God. Were we nervous? I wasn't the, I wasn't terribly upset. We had to print out questions and, and And email them to him. Yeah. He he had to approve. He approved the questions. He approved 11 out of the 13 questions. And and all this started with, I don't know, graduation or honors convocation. So almost near the end of the year, last year, where he came up and was talking to me afterward, like, so with, this is just a nerve-wracking experience its own, right? Talking to LK. Right. Like, you don't talk to LK. <laughs> LK talks to you. <laughs> and he came up, and I'm like, well, maybe this will be a good idea. So I asked him, which was, let me tell you, nerve-wracking experience. Like, right. Like, you're, you're summoning the balls to ask LK <laughs> for something. And then he just, he just kind of brushed us off the first time. Second time, great interview. I was almost, uh, I was taking an exam. I almost missed it. Yeah. But I was just flying across campus. Probably made it from Bracey to the radio station in three and a half minutes. Which new, is new record. quite impressive time. And so, yeah, Larry, Larry Karras, who else do we, we have? We had, well, I f- I had one more thing about the Larry Karras interview was we had a joke, or Thomas had a joke of, of oh, mentioning. about him being the swim coach. Mentioning that he was the swim coach, and it, it just... It, it didn't register as funny in LK's mind. It registered as, what is this guy trying to do? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he has just heard it so many times. Probably. Because when he... Did you listen to that interview or read the article, the one yeah. ESPN, where she basically made the same joke? Mm-hmm. And, and it, he, was, he, it was funny in that context. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was not funny when I when, was when When joke. Holly Rowe drops yeah. that line, you know, Larry Karras is having a ball. When Thomas Mason says it, it's who does this guy think he is? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, this guy's the backup center on our basketball team. So yeah. Like, who, who is this guy? Yeah. This, this guy's no Scott Mason. Yeah. We're, give me Scott on the line. Give me... Scott, that joke probably would have went over better if Scott would have told it. D- definitely. That's where I got the information from. Definitely. So so we had those people. We had CJ the Ross, of course. Um, came, came in here and bullshitted for two whole hours. Yes. Uh, Jansen Locke came on. Thank you to Jansen. Thank you to Kyle Skelza, who also came on. Um, oh, that was a good one, yeah. Kyle Skelza called in. Jeremy Calzone, head coach of Wirecrest Basketball. Has came on multiple times to predict March Madness games. Always, always appreciate him um, coming on and and admitting his regret of of cutting me two straight years from from the basketball team. I don't think he ever did that. 
he told me every day he wakes up in the morning and and, and wishes he didn't uh, do that. I'm, I'm that sure was he kind did. of the vibe. That, he didn't he didn't say that in words, but he but he said that in in his tone. No, he he, he really didn't. <laughs> well, whatever you say, he he definitely thinks about well, it. We're differing opinions on that one. <laughs> then you got Christian Borak who came in last year to talk finals uh, when when the Cavs were in utter defeat. And just try to make it sound like it was a lot better than what actually was going on. Shout out to Christian. James Coviello came in and talked baseball with us. Um, educated us on baseball. Educated us on, on things actually going on in baseball. Like in, in July when we just really didn't care. Yeah, he basically told us why, why to care. And then, and then told me the Rays stink. Which, guess what? The Rays freaking stink. <laughs> um, and then... JJ Kakura, I said, and then the biggest friend, the best friend of the show, Jake Wolf, came on countless times. The third wheel, our resident Browns expert, resident Cleveland expert, res- resident just upset about things going on in Cleveland sports. Yeah, resident just dro- drops us little nuggets that that Hugh Jackson is Mike Silver's just mouthpiece. Um, <laughs> drops us little, little things like that you never get anywhere else. Jake Wolf, best friend of the show. Um, and so, yeah, all the, all the guests that came on was awesome. Very much appreciated. I think we got everyone. I, I think we do, too. And, you know, for this final episode, uh, I think we've got a great lineup of topics. The NBA playoffs. The NBA finals are, are approaching. <laughs> and and what, what better than the former NBA finals podcast, yeah, Now the Dream Machine, yeah. and discuss what's coming up in the NBA finals. So let's. Let's start out out uh, an hour ten north of us in Cleveland, Ohio, just where a, the Cavs just a short drive up to seventy seven. Up seventy seven. There's probably about three exits that you need to that you need to get off of that I'm just not going to get off of, and then you got to. Well, no, you just drive till seventy seven ends. I don't know. Maybe I always think of the rocky road. There's like a rocky road you got to get off. I don't know. Uh, too too much. Too a lot a lot of a lot of road talk going on. That if you're not if you're not around here, you just just yeah. Right over your head. That's why. That's why I tried to uh, plug Interstate seventy seven. I seventy seven is realistic. Shout out to I seventy five, my road. <laughs> so, Cleveland Cavaliers. They're down. They're down 0-2. Two. I guess game two is more competitive than game one was. Game one, they they got pretty much smacked from the beginning to the end. Similar to the, the Indiana game one. What? What positives, if any, can Cleveland derive from the first two games, and what do they need to do to turn things around, Thomas? Well, I think they need to match Brad Stevens' substitutions, for one. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the Celtics go small, the Cavs need to go smaller, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Then there's Kevin Love actually needs to be able to guard Al Horford when he's playing center. It sounded like the uh, Michelle Obama quote. When they when they go high, we go higher. When they go low, we go high. Yeah, I, I like that line. But I mean, and the Cavs also need to go big when the Celtics go big. Because mm-hmm. I like the the Cavs are really competitive inside when they have Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love on the floor against Baines or Greg Monroe. Actually, when Greg Monroe's in the game, the Cavs need to score against Greg Monroe every time. Greg Monroe looks like that dumpy like. 40-year-old guy who's just really big and was pretty good at one point who plays at your local Y. He just plays for exercise. He just needs to get up and down the court. Yeah, like, 
Greg Monroe's like his wife says he needs to lose a few pounds. Forty pounds overweight. (laughs) Just look at him. What has he been doing all season? He's doing a lot of sitting and a lot of enjoying the NBA lifestyle. That's Aaron, what I'd be doing. Aaron Baines, I really like Aaron Baines because the first time I, I was acquainted with Aaron Baines, he was just this sh- shaved face kid <laughs> with some some pubes just on his upper lip who was just getting dunked over by Blake Griffin so hard he had to come out of the game. <laughs> just a young young lad from – and I think LeBron also did him very dirty. I want to say in the, in the finals a couple of years ago when he was on the Spurs. Maybe that that would Aaron that, Baines is, is the guy that gets dunked on. Yeah, that's just MB who he is. Dunked over him. Yep, yeah. Terribly. I mean, it, LeBron will have a dunk over him in this series, but now he just looks like he looks so much tougher now that he has this beard and right. this, this caveman attitude. But seriously though, the Cavs got to go big uh, when the when the uh, Celtics go big and go small when the Celtics go small, and you know maybe. Maybe play Larry Nance against Al Horford. Mm-hmm. Maybe give – I mean, because that's – Al Horford struggles guarding really athletic guys. Right. Because he's not really athletic himself. So maybe give Larry Nance some tick as the five there. But other than that, LeBron's got to dominate, which he did in the first half. But then uh, who knows what – what was the official report? Did He didn't have a concussion. He had a – it was very similar to the Russell Wilson when they brought him into the tent, and then all of a sudden he's fine. Yeah, he's like fine. The, he's fine. Don't worry. NBA he's fine. Can't afford for LeBron to have a concussion. If yeah, if LeBron is not on the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cleveland Cavaliers have the first pick in the NBA draft because it's their pick. Yeah, <laughs> that that is how bad the Cleveland Cavaliers would be without LeBron. Because other than George Hill and Kevin Love, there's really not any serviceable players on the cap. And Kyle Korver in certain situations. I mean, Kyle, or do you think Kevin Love would just turn into the double-double machine that he was in, in Minnesota without yeah, LeBron? because he'd get 45 touches a game, yeah. which is what he did in Minnesota, which is why they were terrible. <laughs> the offense would run through Kevin Love. Yeah, which what is... What an exciting offense. Yeah. So why is Rodney Hood playing? Rodney Hood sucks. <laughs> Every time he comes in the game... Jalen Brown pressures him, and he just turns the ball over, and he just falters. It's yeah. like it's like it's like me when when I when I have to bring the ball up the court, and then and someone comes and presses. The Celtics, like I need someone, I need someone, Celtics guys. Made him drive right mm-hmm. into the lane, and he just jumped up in the air and didn't know what to do. Like I'm not shooting it with my right hand. Oh God, I'm no. a six foot eight NBA player. <laughs> Why would I ever learn how to shoot with my right hand? No, everyone else shoots with their right hand. I might as well just shoot with my left. I but mean, and why not play? I listened to the Bill Simmons was on Zach Lowe, the low post, right the other day, and he said the player he's most scared of is Jetty. Yeah, because he's just kind of scrappy. He's just he's like the Celtics. Yeah, why? I see. I don't understand playing one guy so much during the regular season, and they said they just basically saying like, "No, you're stupid for even thinking he'd play in the playoffs." <sighs> Makes well, no sense to me. You're stupid for thinking Ty Lowe, Ty Lu has any sense. Ty Lu's just worried about a suit game. That's, that's Ty Lu is Brad Stevens is swimming, running circles around Ty Lu. Like he's like eight. Like Ty Lu, he's so far behind Brad. He's like six adjustments behind Brad Stevens. <laughs> he might just get lucky <laughs> and just like catch a catch a break where like whatever f- mode he's in just falls into like being better than one of Brad Stevens' adjustments. Like, Brad Stevens is just moving too – is so far ahead of him that he gets lucky in one of his uh, 
one of his things works. Right. It's like he's just calling random plays in Madden, but all of a sudden then one of those plays just happens to work because eventually, like, you know what I mean? Like you you're not playing. So so something good's gonna happen. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say it right now though, on the final edition of the Dream Machine, the Celtics next year will win the NBA title. Easily or not e- well, not, not, not easily. easily. But they'll they will win the NBA title next year. Now do you think Let's not get too ahead of ourselves, but could the Celtics and Warriors become a future rivalry? I think so, but I think the Celtics, like, whereas the Warriors were kind of the young team, like, in the last couple years in the finals against the Cavs, they've been younger than the Cavs. Right. The Celtics are way younger than the Warriors, which is, which is scary because you think they have the cap room, I mean... Regardless of what uh, Kyrie Irving situation, whatever that, whether he stays or he's dealt for like a Kawhi, mm-hmm. you're getting a top 20 player out of that. Right. And the Celtics have a great pick in this draft, right? No. They have no picks in this draft. Okay. There's so no, they next, have no top. Next year. It might, it might be next year, but no, they don't have like a top Next year they had like the potential for like four first-round picks. Right. But – yeah, I don't. I could. I could see that being a potential rivalry where eventually it's the Celtics that kind of unseat the. Well, it's going to be the Celtics, the Warriors, the Rockets, and then whatever team LeBron's on, and that's really the only four teams that that are going to matter. And and which which is funny because the NBA in a sport that has, it's doing so well because all the different superstars on different teams, only four teams actually going to matter. Yeah. It's the least parody sport in the history of sports, I feel well, like. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't know. I, think, well, I always, think, I always think baseball's up there just because of the no. But now there's the salary, somewhat of a salary, a soft cap. Yeah, but the thing with baseball is there's no shoe-in to go to the World Series. That's uh, true. There's zero shoe-ins. There's, there's, te- there's probably a pool of three teams on each side that can make it. And you kn- But you do know from – a month or two in, you can kind of tell. Yeah, but baseball, you, you, the team that gets hot is still a thing. Yeah, there's no hot team that, that goes to the NBA Finals in the NBA. Not really. So Trent, if you're calling it right now, as we sit two O Celtics, what's your what's your take on this series? Of who's gonna who's gonna win it? I think I think Cavs in seven. I think I think Cavs win the next two games here, where they just look a lot better. They play better at home. It'll be two two coming coming back to Boston. I think I think I think it's a home team wins every single game until we get to Game Seven in Boston, and then, I mean, LeBron's not going to lose that Game Seven. That's that's honestly like my my personal opinion of it. Just I've seen I've seen this before, but I, I've watched I've watched vividly and and created scenarios in my head of how LeBron can lose every single series he's been in over the last seven years, over the last ten years. And this is by far the closest he's ever been since last time he was playing the Celtics in 2009 where he quit on the team. 2010. 2010. Yeah, I, I don't know. Where do you, where As do you a Cavs fan, I'm worried. Well, absolutely. I, I'd be I'm, I'd be I'm terrified. very worried. I, I'm taking Celtics in seven. Okay. I, I think the Celtics. But I Celtics think, in seven means they're going to win game seven. That's You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and you say they, I could see it's in Boston. Right. Right now, Boston is the best. Boston's the new Golden State or also the old Boston. Right. It's like the it's the ultimate home court advantage right now. 
And honestly, at one point towards the end of the second quarter, it had the Cavs frazzled in game two. Mm -hmm. Like there was this weird sequence where the ball was just bouncing around and the Celtics like came away with the loose ball pass for a layup to make it like a eight point game. LeBron gets an inbound pass, just tries to like throw one of those sixty foot passes that would be great if it was completed. But if it's it, completed, it's an easy it layup. It's deflected by Jalen Brown, who, by the way, the Celtics' defensive strategy on LeBron has been great. They got Marcus Morris slapping the floor. Yeah, well, he just LeBron just won't post against Marcus Morris, but they have like six guys who can guard him, mm-hmm. which is scary. But yeah, LeBron just throws the ball away. Celtics get another layup, but now it's a six-point game. And you're headed into half. Right. But it, you, even on the broadcast, you could hear how loud it was. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the Bos- I mean, Boston's got great sports fans, like, it, just in general. It's always a tough place to play, no matter what, what the sport, and especially with basketball. I mean, Cleveland does not have any sort of home court advantage. They're, they play better at home, but, but, man, that crowd is not. Anything special. I, I mean, they play better at home. That's the they do play that, better at home, home but, but it's not because of the home court. I think Boston feeds with like the energy of the city and all that kind of stuff with, with how well, nuts a young that, team. Young right. teams play better at home. Yeah. Always. So let's move out west. Let's go about well, we're going to Houston. So let's go about fifteen hundred miles uh southwest. Southwest, yes. We're going to go on roads like 75. Yeah, we're, we're not going to speculate I-4. on what, what, what roads we need to go on. Maybe maybe like a 223, maybe some state we're roads. We're just going to take Hurricane Harvey straight to Houston. There you go. Also, real quick, did you hear about the hur- the guy that said he was a Hurricane Harvey victim um, and like showed up and like was playing freshman ball for uh, – like some local high school, and he was like dominating, like and on the freshman team, and then they found out he was twenty five years old, <laughs> trying to relive the glory days. <laughs> and he blamed it on that he was a Hurricane Harvey. Yeah, that's why he, he's like, I, like I'm homeless from Hurricane Harvey. Like, can can I go to school and play on your basketball team? And like he he was like doing really well on the team. Of course he was, but like not so well that like people were suspicious. Just like casual twenty five yeah, to thirty I mean, points. He wasn't. He wasn't. Not well enough to play on varsity. No, 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 no. But apparently, like he, like he had like a wife and kid that he like people thought was, like his si- like his sister and like her kid. But no, that was his wife and, and, and kid. Wow. On the freshman team. So, meanwhile, also in Houston, there, the, there's a much better basketball Second team. Biggest sports story in Houston here. Yeah, we got Warriors Rockets. Um, the panic button was definitely getting pushed by everyone. Game one, which is the most meaningless game in a series. And then the Rockets stormed right back to win game two to tie it up 1-1. James Harden and Chris Paul did not have great game, or did not have... There was no Herculean scoring effort. No, it came from guys like P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon. um, Trevor Ariza, your your most hated player. (sighs) Trevor Ariza just looks weird on a basketball court. Trevor Ariza killed Orlando in the 2009 Finals. Killed Orlando. It wasn't. It wasn't Kobe Bryant, even though he won the MVP. Trevor Ariza should have won that MVP. Ooh, did he kill us? Anyway, um, and Ryan Anderson does not get enough playing time for Houston. That's that's my one. Ryan Anderson <laughs> gets torched by Golden State every time he's in the game. I, Ryan Anderson couldn't guard me. <laughs> <laughs> I could rip right and go around Ryan Anderson because he'd still be standing there. Does anyone look more like a guy at the YMCA than Ryan Anderson? Uh, and he's got the YMCA game. 
He's got like he's got a great shot. That's what he does. And like other other than that, like he's, he's just, high skill on offense. High skill he, on he offense. Is high skill, but he's not quick enough to use any of those skills. No, he like wears like generic off like generic Nikes yeah, he that wear, cost like seventy dollars, but they're no like player or anything. He he wears the deli ones. Yeah, he wears the deli ones. He's got like a like a knee brace on one knee, but it's really just an ace thing that you bought from yeah. like Walmart. He's wearing like a like a like a cut off gray T shirt. <laughs> that was that he's that, sweating profusely, and you can just see every drop of sweat on yeah, it. That he got in high school, and it's just kept around. And just kind right, of it's just like he's just so comfortable in that shirt, so he continues to wear it. That's yeah. Ryan Anderson. Yeah. If I could describe Ryan Anderson, that's pretty much him. Yeah, and and he's just so just looks nothing like he's on the same team as Gerald Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gerald Green, who puts the, the Rockets logo in his hair. <laughs> Ryan Anderson does that because he lost a bet. <laughs> And then he shaves it off the next day. Yeah, but anyway, what what do you think of this series? I mean, just just in general, what what were your first takeaways? Well, after game one, initially, I was I was like, well, this is the classic. No Mike D'Antoni team will ever be able to win at the highest level because they just don't play enough defense, and they right. But at the same time, they they really proved me wrong. Now, granted, the Warriors had a off night offensively. They did. But you're going to get that. I mean, Steph has bad, bad nights offensively. Kevin Durant has games where he goes seven for 25. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson has games where he goes like two for 11. Then he comes back the next game and he scores 30 points in a quarter. Yeah, the next game he'll go 10 for 11 from three in the first half. Yeah. Clay Thompson, ultimate averages guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Clay Thompson, yeah. He's, he's, I, I would be a little worried if I was the Warriors. Like, I think if they haven't. If game three, if the first half of game three is close, is, mm-hmm. if it's close heading into the fourth quarter, I guess I would be a little worried because if the Warriors come out and blow them out in game three, then now oh, you can say game two is kind of a fluke. Like, well, yeah, whatever. What's well, gonna be tough for the Warriors if this game goes to a six and the series goes to game six and seven, and they're taking on the Rockets team that just smell blood. And they're just foaming at the mouths with Chris Paul and James yeah. Harden, who just want to win so badly. And, and you know, and what's their what's their ultimate like motivation? Golden you, State. You know, Chris Paul is like I don't know how James Harden has is going to do in the limelight this year uh, after the Game Six debacle of last year, where Manu Ginobili just ate his lunch. Mm-hmm. But you know, Chris Paul is just that silent killer when it, when it comes down to it. But, Chris Chris Paul reminds me of like a like a like a gnat. That like is just extremely crafty and like no matter what you what you do like it's just always around your head and you're never gonna get off. He is. He's also super dirty. Oh yeah. He Chris Paul is just underrated how dirty he is. He knows where like his hard points are on his body and he's gonna make sure those touch you at least thirty times a possession. Yeah. Which which is part of what makes him a pretty good defender. He was one of the top five. Who's in- dirtier, him or Jr.? Because Jr. had oh. had went, went unwritten rule push on Al Horford. I'm going to say consistently Chris Paul does more dirty things. JR does more things he gets suspended for. Mm-hmm. But Chris Paul on a, like a nightly basis knows what he can get away with and just continually like like JR can't get away with the stuff Chris Paul gets away with. Right. He's not crafty enough for. No. Him. Chris Paul like is in the art Chris, of crafty. Chris Paul has that superstar status and he uses it. Yeah. Now Thomas, what on the scale of unwritten rules in basketball, how high is is going up for a layup getting pushed in the back? 
is uh, it's, it's it was a full fledged it, push. It's pretty high. Yeah. The what the only, the uh, the thing that's getting undercut on a dunk or a layup is is worse than that. Right. But getting and Jr's getting, done that before. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> getting pushed in the back on a that's probably number two. Mm-hmm. Well, no, well, I guess we have to we have to clarify. Kicking somebody in the balls is number one. <laughs> First and foremost. Steven Adams nuts still haven't recovered from that. <laughs> then I would say number two is getting undercut on on a dunk. Number three would be getting pushed getting pushed in the back while you're up in the air. And it would be more JR pushed him in the middle of the back, so it wasn't as bad. Be more if you get pushed on the butt and it throws your like it throws you into a Throw, spin, and it throws your legs to where you can't just ke- you can't just land real yeah, easily. Like Al Horford kind of landed on his butt, like. But if you like get pushed into a spin and you land on your back and your head, yeah, that's when things are really. Al, it, it's Al like Horford what lucky to have Brown did to himself earlier this year. Yes, yeah, where he had that dunk and he like swung up and walked like that. That's yeah. always dangerous. You when you when you're running super fast and you grab onto the rim, you got to hold on and come back. Yeah, or else I really wish it's like I a monkey could, bar. Could ever have experienced that in real life. Yeah, it's like, it'd be it'd be a lot more fun. It'd be fantastic if if I could run that fast and have that problem. I would love. I would willingly land on my head if I could make had to make that play Jalen Brown did earlier. In the a- year. Absolutely. And going back to Al Horford falling. He's lucky to have one of the biggest butts in the NBA, and and he'll he'll Huge be just fine. Butt. Huge butt. Up there with Draymond Green, but up there with with um, I want to say most Spates, but most up, yeah. No, there's some guy. There's up some there guy, with Tristan Thompson, but Tristan Thompson has some yeah. Tristan Thompson walks around like he has scoliosis in his <laughs> lower back. That's how you know you got yeah you gotta you gotta have what yeah like you're always just kind of leaning <laughs> like, forward like because your butt is just always sticking out no matter what you do exactly there you go so let's go into a little bit of analysis about this so okay. game two I didn't watch a whole lot of game one but from the what I have seen I I pretty much understand what happened mm-hmm. the Rockets tried to play really slow and the Warriors just eventually. Burn him out. They just burn him back like in James transition. James Harden had forty, didn't have sixty, which is what he would have needed right. to win that type of game. Well, because he had forty, but like those forty points came in. All right, stop. Isolate over here. Yeah. Dribble, 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 dribble. We're we're gonna stop. Are you gonna are you gonna jump back? I'm gonna hit a three. Or are you gonna come up and I'm gonna try to drive to the hole? But just the classic James Harden we've seen it a yeah. million times. But credit Dan Tony for making the adjustment in game two. They played with a little more tempo. They moved the ball better. I mean, they had that one play that everybody showed where they passed up like eight open threes for Eric Gordon to take one from the top of the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's – what really impressed me, though, is when they the Warriors went small the, and the Rockets went small and put P.J. Tucker at the five, where P.J. Tucker, certainly not Draymond Green, but he basically played like Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. On off- offensively, which was key, where he would get, they would double team on the pick and roll. He would come, he would get the ball and then make the right play with it. And he right. did that consistently, which if he does that, the Warriors are kind of in trouble. Because yeah. the Warriors are going to have to, like, that small lineup is like the Warriors, whatever you want to call it. The death lineup. The death lineup, the Hampton Five. It's, it's basically, it's the five best players on the Warriors team on the floor at one time. The Warriors are going to have to do something else, though. If if PJ Tucker can match that, 
and and you say somebody's having a bad game and Harden or Paul gets really going, mm-hmm. that lineup for the Rockets is pretty good if P.J. Tucker can make those plays. Right. is Honestly, it's really good because the, the Warriors can't really go big because Capella is better than – Easily better than anybody the war- than Zaza and no you've been seeing a lot of Looney th- these series you haven't seen any Zaza or, or McGee yeah maybe well, in DNPs yeah well they they shouldn't be playing Lo- I mean Looney is I guess serviceable I, maybe you see he can some, move better he can move better maybe than see two. some Jordan Bell mm-hmm. but still like it's it's advantage Rockets when they play like that because Capella's better than anybody the Warriors roll out there so. Right now, if the Rockets have the real Rockets, problems. They the, have real problems that they can give the Warriors. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm saying this is going to be a six game series. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Warriors. Now, are the Rockets the the best competition by far that the Warriors will see? Is this their finals for the Warriors at least? I don't know. That certainly, the Cavs would not be any. I don't care. LeBron would have to score sixty points every game for the Cavs to even be right in the conversation of a six or seven game series against the Warriors. But the Celtics are real interesting because they're like the Warriors physically. They're like the Warriors only like on steroids. Mm -hmm. Like they've got like six, seven, six, eight wings. They can just roll out there. Like it's nothing who can play offense and defense. So like I could see them giving the Warriors real problems and they've got that home court we talked about. You know, now granted, the Warriors are a veteran team, but you know nobody likes like the team with the with the home court right. doesn't like to go somewhere like Boston. Like you can only imagine what they're gonna be calling Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, who are notoriously soft players, like emotionally. Right. A la Kevin Durant's burner account, a la the twenty sixteen mouthpiece throwing. You can only imagine what just some dirt bags from Boston are going to be saying to them. Yeah, some some dirt bags that have like halfway decent jobs to where they or just just luck their way into who, third row tickets. Who, who work for the mob or the dirty cops? As if anybody's seen The Departed out there, this is what I'm thinking of. I have not seen The Departed. I would not have expected you to see <laughs> The Departed. But just yeah, not not a Trent Giddings movie, but I. I definitely could see that being the finals, but I honestly think the Warriors win in five or six games. Yeah, I would say I would say the Warriors in five if that's the finals. How big of a hard on would the media have about the coaching matchup of that series? Oh, they would love it. Actually, no, I'm gonna go back on that. I'm saying Warriors in six. Okay. If if that's the case. I and, think Boston wins two games. And real quick, Warriors Rockets, what's your prediction there? Six. Warriors? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing. I, I don't see I think it's the safe bet at this point. I think they go up three one. Houston rallies has a pride win in Game Five, and then the Warriors finish them off in Game Six. I can definitely see that. Yeah, I, I think it's a. I'm going to say it's going to go two-two. They're going to split in Golden State, and the the Warriors are just going to put an absolute dagger in them in Game Five. Right, and that's going to be. And it. then they have to come back to Golden yeah. State for Game Six. Well, well, Thomas, do you have anything else you got to you got to you got to put on the show? Uh... Well, well, I just want to I just want to say thank you to our our favorite athlete of all time, uh, Mr. Tim Tebow. Yeah, special th- shout out to Tim, Tim Tebow. I know you're playing for the Binghamton Mud Hen somethings. 
I don't know. I don't know what the Binghamton Double uh, A club is these days, but uh, Tim, we hope to, we hope to see you in the majors next time you're at Canal Park. I, I plan on being there. Yes, Tim, keep being an inspiration for everyone. Keep keep doing what you're doing. We'd love to see you try hockey next. Yeah, try them all. Be, be, try. I want I want to see him on the Canton Charge here pretty soon. <laughs> That's that's what we need from Tim Tebow. The multiple sports, everything about Tim Tebow is great. Did you hear him talking about why kids should play multiple sports? Did you hear that soundbite? No, but I'm sure it I, was great. It was a great soundbite. Yeah. It was he he killed it. He he basically made great points and was talking about the muscles of like you play the same sport over and over. It, it was it was fantastic. Tim Tebow, fantastic human being. Um, yeah. I, I, not much more I could say about Tim Tebow. Yeah, well, if there if there's a award for for guy that want you want your daughter to date in just human history, pretty sure Tim Tebow wins. In Tim all. Tebow beats every single human, no matter like like it's not far. even it's not even close. No. Uh, well, Trent, it's been a pleasure. It has been. But this is the final Dream Machine podcast, and we are the Dream Machine podcast signing off.